Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Hey, mamas. Well, I am excited to share with you today, Jasmine Schmallhouse. She is pretty fun and has got some great tips for us on how to get healthy dinners on the table every night. Now, this is a great conversation and you're probably doing most of these things. She tells you that you're probably doing a lot of these things, but are you doing them in the right order and are you doing them together? So I'm excited to share this episode with you, but real quick, let me share with you a little bit about Jasmine. She is Jasmine Schmallhouse of Jazzy Things and she traded in her corporate life for a life of creating taste bud parties. She is the founder of Your Dinner is Planned, the host of the Dinner Table Talk podcast and the author author of over 10 healthy cookbooks. With thousands of healthy recipes introduced into households across the world, her continuous mission is to prove that eating healthy is easy, flavorful, and fun. Guys, I would encourage you to listen to this episode and make sure you stay tuned to the very end when we will share with you a special bonus from Jasmine that is absolutely kid approved, which is great. So let's get to that interview. Hey, Jasmine, welcome. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. It's been great kind of chatting on Instagram and just seeing everything you're up to there and then now getting to meet you in person on Zoom. It's great. (laughs) Well, take me through kind of who you are and what you're all about and why you're doing what you're doing today. So I'm extremely stoked to be here because my sole mission literally in life is to make others' lives easier. And I'm doing that through healthy recipes. And just super brief of my background, I know you read my bio at the beginning of this, but I'm former corporate world, all the time food lover, still love food, and started experimenting with healthy foods and started realizing how much better it made me feel when I was actually creating delicious foods, but that were turned into healthy versions. So I coupled that passion and started sharing on social media. I created, I now have over 10 cookbooks. I've done cooking workshops, traveling the nation, really just taking this passion and my love for food and showing and sharing with others how they can take their traditional favorite foods and get them on the table quickly and affordably for their families. So that's where I'm at today. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to share. I love it because, you know, especially for busy moms who are taking care of children, toting everybody to the latest activity, uh, maybe running a business alongside that and whatever it is, like there's so many different things we're trying to do. And um, I'm always looking for tips and strategies on how I can better get healthy meals on the table and just take care of my, my humans in my house. Right. So uh, share with me, like what kind of systems, what kind of things do we need to do? to do that. So I have five steps that I'm going to share with all you listeners today. And if they sound a little simple, it's because they are. (laughs) Um, And I I can probably bet that in some capacity, you have done even just one or two of the tips, but it's combining them and doing all five of them and taking that time to actually plan that frees you up to spend time with your kiddos, 
and frees you up where your time is much more valuable than spending time planning meals or not planning meals and then wasting money. So yeah, that's the preface of why I'm going to share the five tips is really so you listeners can focus on being a mom and those who support the leader of your household and get meals on the table, whoever that may be. Yeah. You know, I mean, for some moms, they enjoy being in the kitchen. They enjoy the complexity and like making fancy meals, but like, I don't. So I always tell people like, if it doesn't bring you joy, like there's no reason to beat yourself up for not being Polly Pinterest, you know? Yes. Completely agree. And I think especially as we see a lot of the box meal deliveries, which are great because if it's preventing someone from going out to eat, um, but what I think those do and the reason I created my membership site, Your Dinner is Planned, is because it's all about making it work for you and something that's sustainable. It's not about being boxed in and we have these pre-portioned ingredients that we have to make, but what about if your kids don't like something or what if you actually enjoy getting creative? So again, that's really the the premise of where these tips come from too, is submersing it into your lifestyle. So it's actually sustainable. I love it. Well, take me through those five steps. Let's hear them. Okay. So step number one for five steps to get healthy and simple meals on your dinner table. Step number one is to plan your week with themes. Mm. And what I mean by themes is I, when I talk in a week, it's typically Monday through Friday because there's two days a week we may go out to eat or we may eat leftovers. So we'll talk in terms of five days. But what I mean by themes is outline it, whether it's sticky notes or a whiteboard or an Excel spreadsheet and pick a category or a theme for that day. So for example, Monday is seafood. Tuesday is tacos, hopefully. Wednesday is Italian. And Thursday is on the grill. And then Friday is a traditional favorite. So this is often a step that we skip because we go right to Pinterest and we say, what's for dinner? Or healthy dinner recipes. But if you can take that first step and create your entire week of themes, then you've completely narrowed down not only your searching, but you're saving yourself time as well. So that's my number one step. And we may do that in some capacity, but when you write it down, it starts to align with the other steps that I will share. So mm, plan your week with me. And step two is then to begin start compiling and organizing recipes. So now that you actually have a theme, so Tuesday was tacos, maybe you have frozen pork in your freezer, or maybe you have some leftover chicken. So now you know you're first you're making tacos, you know what meat or what base you want to use, so then you can find a recipe, search for pork tacos. And then it's super easy. You can likely even just grab the first recipe. And now you're shifting from what should I make for dinner to, okay, pork tacos. And then you have the recipe. So, and are you, recipes. yeah. And are you, you're even kind of taking into account what you have on hand that you need to use or is in your freezer, right? To kind of avoid yes. buying things you don't need. Yes. That's what I strongly recommend. Um, in my program, 
on the grocery list, it actually denotes what was, what was either used in a previous week or it has a check your pantry section. And that's what I strongly recommend when you're creating this. Keep in mind what you might already have. Even if it's a lemon, maybe that lemon inspires you to create, um, I have a recipe for lemon rosemary chicken. But when we start to just take a few extra minutes to inventory your kitchen or utilize something from a previous week, it will absolutely save money and prevent on that food waste as well. So yes, definitely. Love it. And there's also no way we would know what to check for if we didn't plan our week with themes. If we didn't plan the themes and then start finding those recipes, we, we wouldn't even know where to start. And I think that's where we often get caught in that cycle. Do you find that the people that are in your program, do you find that their kids kind of start to anticipate the themes and enjoy like Tuesday taco night or whatever it is? Yeah. And you know, the themes change every week. So it's not always Tuesday tacos. So that's also what I encouraged is one week you have your themes and then the next week it's entirely new themes. But what that does and what I've seen as to why kids enjoy that is because they're, what they're anticipating is variety. So yeah. it's not the same thing every week or every night. They're learning to experience new foods and it's also an opportunity to involve them in the cooking as well. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter, she's, she's almost five and she's very picky, but lately she's enjoyed like getting in the kitchen, helping me. Like yesterday we made chili powder because we didn't have any on hand for some reason. Um, and so she's up there and I said, what are we making? And she goes, we're making, um, I can't remember what she said, chicken or something. Not for me, but for you and daddy and Anna, she's like oh, naming oh, off. It's for the rest of the family, not me. She made it very clear. She wasn't eating it. <laughs> she's like, this though. is interesting chef who doesn't like to eat her food <laughs> <laughs> but so. but to that point it's great to of course involve kids in the cooking methods but also this entire process so yeah. creating the themes with your kiddos is a fantastic way to get them excited oh remember when you said you wanted a cheeseburger okay we're having a cheeseburger yeah I like it. So I probably can hear the questions in my listener's ear. Is there some, how do you, how do your members like display their meal plan or plan it? Are they mostly like this pretty little board in their kitchen or is it really just all over the map? Well, so all the steps I'm sharing are actually already done inside the site. So mm, gotcha. I have an app and they log into their membership site. So they're just displaying it on their mobile device or their computer or some of them print it out. That's um, so, cool. so that's for my specific program, but I wanted to share these tips to empower you listeners. You don't need my program if you want to do these steps yourself. And yeah. what I did before I created the program was I actually had a spreadsheet. So I'd have a spreadsheet and I'd type it out. And I, what my favorite ways what people do is um, even a, like a chalkboard in the kitchen. What I've also heard moms do is they'll put it in their Google calendar and sync it with their husbands or their partners so they can see the grocery list. So nice. multiple ways, even electronic, but I do think it's beneficial to display it for kids. So um, like I said, in my program, oftentimes they'll print out the recipes or the menu, um, but getting that visible also to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. So as we get busy, we can say, oh yeah, my themes, I have a plan. I don't need to go out to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
Well, I think I'm done with my questions for now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, please keep asking. I love it. Um, okay. So step one was plan with themes. Step two was compile and organize your recipes. And then step three is create healthier alternatives. So I'll explain what I mean by this. Now that you have a list of five recipes because you've created your themes, what I do with my recipes is I call them, they're jazzified. So they're taking, I'm taking this traditional recipe and then turning it into a healthier version. And that's kind of my zone of genius. And I can do it very quickly and just looking at a recipe, but for others to do that for themselves, what I encourage is just start picking one ingredient and then either cutting it in half or eliminating it. And I can almost guarantee that you will see that the recipe, the integrity of the flavor stays exactly the same, but we're cutting out butter. For example, a recipe, a mac and cheese recipe calls for six tablespoons of butter. Just try for one cutting it in half. You can even cut the cheese in, take a quarter of the cheese away and then just start minimizing those ingredients and fulfilling those with more nutrient dense ingredients. And then all of a sudden you have healthier alternatives. So if you're making cheeseburgers and you're using fatty beef, maybe just try a leaner ground turkey, for example. So you're still getting value from the ingredients. I love that. And it leads me to think like how, how much testing goes into you testing and tweaking these (laughs) recipes before you actually release them? There, there's a lot of testing. I will say though, and what I want to, again, empower listeners with is there's a lot of patterns that you'll start to recognize. So what I've learned is as long as the base of a recipe is the same, you can really get creative with all the other additions. So for example, if a pasta recipe calls for 12 ounces of pasta, as long as you're keeping that base, or if it has a sauce and you're keeping the base of the sauce the same, you can start to add in additional veggies. You can start to take out certain oils. So that's a lot of, I guess, kind of my intuition when I'm experimenting with recipes, but some tangible tips to recognize, um, keep the base the same, and then you can add more mix-ins or remove um, some of the heavier oils and some of the, even the fattier meats and keep the flavor there. Yeah. And I think, would you agree that like sneaking in vegetables and sauces is a great way to get veggies into picky kids and husbands sometimes? <laughs> yes, hundred percent. And I mean, I've seen your Instagram stories when you're cooking vegetables. Uh, so I know you're a vegetable fan and making them for your kids and absolutely. And especially because our kids will never like vegetables if we don't feed them vegetables. Of course they won't like them. So sneaking them in, trying new ways, even like shredded zucchini and meatballs or half and half cauliflower with mashed potatoes. There are many ways to incorporate vegetables into what you're already cooking. Love it. Very cool. Okay. So we're on step four now. And step (laughs) quattro is to, again, kind of simple and pretty obvious, but it's to create a grocery list. But the reason all I love that this is step four. I'm just going to interrupt you. I love that it's not like (laughs) step one or step two. It's like we've already done everything else. Like now it's yes. Love that. Exactly. It's not just, no, you're so right because it's not just, okay, take your grocery list and go to the store. No, actually, how can we reverse a little bit? Take just a few extra minutes, involve our kids, create a plan, and then create your grocery list because in the long run, it's going to save so much time. And the reason is because now that you have your recipes that you've identified from your themes and you've turned them into healthier versions, just pull out all the ingredients and you have your grocery list. 
And I'll lead right into step five, which is the final step. And that's categorize your grocery list. And that's really where the time savings and the money savings come in. So inside your dinner is planned, I have it categorized produce, um, liquids, miscellaneous. And that way you're not going to the grocery store and going to the same section 45 times. So that's what I encourage people to do is once you've created your grocery list, categorize where at in the store you need to get it from. And again, people might be doing that and it might sound so simple, but once you start doing all of these things, you'll stop forgetting ingredients. You'll stop buying multiple ingredients that you already have in your pantry and just really streamline the whole experience. Yeah. And I love that. I'm kind of going back to step one here. You said theme out five days. And I love that Mm -hmm. because I mean, we're going to have leftovers and what we do sometimes in our house, we've, we've, ever since my husband and I got married, we call it fend for self night FFS. So just fend for yourself, figure out what you're going to eat. Like this, it's an FFS night. Usually it means like I've got stuff to do and you just need to crick yourself a little, whatever, you know, or it's leftovers you know, like that kind of thing. So I love that. And my other question is sometimes I, we might not do a good job meal planning. definitely Mm -hmm. in this, this way. And all of a sudden I end up at the store. There I am in Publix, no list, no plan. Mm -hmm. And like, what do I buy? Like I sit there and I'm like, what what do I buy? So what (laughs) have you found any like staple items that tend to be in the grocery list every week that would be just safe to get? Hey mamas, just wanted to pop in here real quick to let you know that the Ambitious Motherhood Tribe is waiting for you. If you have not joined the free community that I have created and cultivated alongside of over 500 other women, just like yourself, who are doing motherhood and business and pursuing their calling. So head on over to ambitiousmotherhood.com tribe. Yeah, and... I'm actually going to push back a little bit because that's what happens a lot because people don't implement these steps. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so being, being, taking the proactive approach and following these steps is how we will change that. But I love your question about just staples and what I see. So I always go for fresh herbs and fresh veggies because you truly can create anything with those. Um, fresh herbs, fresh veggies, a protein source and a carb source is really my staples. If you have chicken and fresh veggies and pasta or rice, then the options really become endless and you're getting those veggies in. You can add in fat sources with oil or an avocado if you have an avocado on hand. So when in doubt, keep it simple, shop on the perimeter, fresh veggies, fresh herbs completely transform a dish. I mean, if you have Italian parsley and you have cilantro, it's the difference between Italian flavors and Mexican flavors. So um, also pairing those with spices that are already in the cupboard. Um, You have cumin and cilantro, or you have oregano and Italian parsley. You now have two completely different dishes. So having spices and seasoning stocked on hand, and again, just shopping that perimeter. If you happen to be in a pinch, totally understand. (laughs) Then those are a lot of the staples I have. And you can freeze it. So if you have, if you want to buy extra chicken because it was on sale or extra ground beef, you can freeze it. And then when you're in the store, you only have to buy a couple things because you already have the other ingredients on hand. Yeah. I love that. And, and, um, so with, when we're theming every week kind of is a different theme, can we start to repeat this to where like we get maybe, maybe let's say a month worth of planning. Can we like repeat that the next month? Like, do you see that happening? 
Yes. And I think it's a fantastic idea. And ultimately you guys can do whatever you want and it's whatever works for you. Um, if you find a system where you like planning the themes and having your kids help you with that, and that's kind of what they look forward to on the weekend, then make it different. But absolutely you could create an entire month and then just repurpose that and switch out maybe some herbs or some carbs. And yeah, absolutely. And that's where these five steps are great is because you can repeat them and repeat them and you'll get faster and it'll get easier every time. I love that. Well, do you do any prep during the day? Cause that's like one thing I, I don't know, maybe you've noticed from, from Instagram, but I've just been trying to prep more during those nine to noon hours before my kids go down for naps so that, you know, after nap time at four o'clock when they're done napping and I'm done working, there's just less stress in the kitchen. And because our AC is like struggling in Florida yeah. <laughs> and I, if I have to turn on the oven at four o'clock, it's just like, it's death in here. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's a fantastic idea because if you can prep even the vegetables, even chopping your vegetables or preparing your meat, however that may be, if it needs to be sliced or marinated, then it does make that cooking experience a lot more enjoyable and saves time when you are with your family. So you can just throw it in the oven. And that's also with a lot of my recipes or nearly all of my recipes, it's 30 minutes and then done. So I'm personally not about taking a lot of time and needing a lot of prep or even cooking time, but any, if you, if you do have the time, um, or depending on what priorities are, um, if price isn't as big of a priority as time, then you can go towards like the pre-chopped onions and the broccoli florets instead of the entire, uh, I think so. The head of broccoli, whatever. Um, or the so already riced a- cauliflower instead of ricing it yes. yourself. Yeah. Yes. Love that stuff. Exactly. So just finding ways to figure out what your priorities are. If it's time, then buy the pre cut veggies. If it's budget, then absolutely buy and cut your own. Um, and just know you'll just need to plan a little bit ahead. Yeah. And I love how your system really sets us up to just customize for ourselves because, you know, there might be some paleo people listening or some dairy free Mm -hmm. or gluten free or keto or whoever you are, whatever you're doing or choosing to eat. Like you can just hold the butter, add the butter, whatever, (laughs) grass fed, whatever. Yeah. So I love that. Well, what is, what does your food prep on Sundays look like? Do you do anything like that to kind of set yourself up for a win? Yeah. So It kind of depends. I have two different methods. Sometimes I'll bulk prep a lot of my proteins or my carbs even. So then I have them when I assemble them into meals. But what's great about since I'm creating recipes all the time for your dinner is planned is it's just instant access to a grocery list, a grocery checklist actually, and knowing exactly what meals I'm going to prepare. So sometimes I'll prepare a few on the weekends but I do like to assemble them in the evenings because they're just so fast and easy. So when I mentioned my, my first example of bulk, pre- bulk prepping chicken, I'll just look ahead and see what meats I'm prepping have those. So then in the evening, it's just like you were saying, um, it's primarily prepped from the weekend and then it takes 10, 15 minutes to assemble. I love it. So, um, what would you say your favorite recipe is that you've ever created? Ooh, Okay, I have two that are surprisingly my favorites because um, I've mentioned pasta a couple of times. I love pasta. I love pizza. But the the recipes that surprise me, I'm, I have a recipe that in week 13 of Your Dinner is Planned, and it's a ricotta and salami sandwich. Random. And it is 
so good. And it's just one of those where I don't know where I even thought of the flavor combination, but there's a little bit of honey mixed with the ricotta and some fresh thyme. Spread that ricotta cheese on sourdough toast, top it with um, salami, and there's just something about it. It's so good. Um, (laughs) I also have a recipe that I love for tamale casserole. So it's got like a cornbread base and it has cheese and chicken. And that's what I'm all about is showing people you don't have to sacrifice cheese and you don't have to sacrifice flavor, but we don't, we really don't need as much of that as we think. So it's about just taking out all the excess and then keeping that flavor. So those two recipes came to my mind first. Do you have any fan favorites from your followers? Oh. Oh, a lot of them love the tamale casserole. I have a pork taco recipe that they love because um, it's super simple just to uh, create the big, make the pork and then assemble it into the tacos. Um, I'd also say there's a Tuscan soup recipe that they really like. Mm. It's it's interesting to learn how different taste buds are. Um, yeah. Some people, some people love all the Thai dishes. Some people love all the tacos. So yeah. And there's a, there's a pad thai recipe too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. Well, this has been awesome. I love your jazzified take on it all too. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that you call it that. So let's head on <laughs> into the last few questions that we ask every mom slash not mom, right? <laughs> on okay, this podcast. I love it. Yes. But you're a cat mom. So that's a real thing. I'm a cat mom. And the thing is, is I like to say is I have friends who are moms. I mean, not my demographic is I'm here to serve moms. So you guys are busy with your kiddos. Let me do all the work and all the planning. So yes. Yes. She's got the cutest, um, Siamese, right. And then what's the other one? Uh, so he's a sphinx. So he's a hairless. Oh, gotcha. Um, that's right. And then I have, she's just a rescue girl. The other one, I think she's just a short hair, domestic short hair. But yeah, there was there. this cat. I think I told you I've been trying to convince my husband that we need a cat. Um, We were visiting family and there was this Hemingway cat that was out, like, I guess, stray across the street. And I was like, we need it. We need it. It was a baby kitten and it's polydactyl or whatever it's called. And he's like, we're not getting a cat unless it can show up at our doorstep. And I was like, okay, we'll figure out how to do that. Uh, Leave some food out for it. (laughs) Yeah, I can make that happen. We'll see how strong my manifesting is, right? Yes. (laughs) So, okay. So what is one hack that you would give to moms who are business owners to help them manage motherhood and business well? Oh, I am actually going to default to saying plan. Um, I know that's what we talked about today and ironically my membership is your dinner is planned but that's something that helps me as a business owner and that's one of my priorities is really helping build a business that fits my lifestyle and that is one thing I do every single morning I mean I have it right here I've actually done a podcast episode about it about how I plan and prioritize that is totally what sets the tone for my day is plotting the top three things the night before that I'm going to get done that day because helps me stay organized in life. And also I'm sure there's like some kind of syndrome for this, but the end of the day comes and we're like, did I even do anything today or was today even successful? So if I can go back and know I completed those three things, then it kind of alleviates that guilt. Then I can spend some time with my fiance or do something I want to do because I completed those three things. And I used to make the mistake of putting 25 things on my task list. And what's really helped and been the number one thing for me in business and my life is 
streamlining that. And it, again, it's quite cliche to say, but I had to make it a habit and I do it every single day. Yeah, you nailed it. It's the habit. It's the week yes. in, week out doing things. I have a habit I do every Sunday night. I have my weekly brain dump and it. I go through mm-hmm. this Evernote where all week long I've been grabbing those random to-dos or thoughts or, oh, I should probably like do this on Instagram. Those things that could distract and I go put it in this Evernote doc. Like my mom even knows. She'll text me and be like, hey, make sure you call and get this done. And I'm like, okay, it's going on my list for next week. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, but that took discipline. And and then every week, every week, that's what mom's doing on Sunday night. Yeah. And I love that, it, that you're doing it once a week. So that way those little random tasks you're getting aren't overshadowing what you already had prioritized. So yeah. And awesome. our plan for sure. Yeah. yeah. So if you could do this all over again, this being business, what would you start okay. with or tell yourself? Hmm. Now what actually came to my mind was a very tangible step. Um, and that is, I was going to say I would have built my email list a lot sooner. Um, It definitely originated as a hobby first. I never thought it would turn into anything, but along those lines, I would say, I wish I would have been more methodical about what that entire funnel looks like. So when I first started out, I didn't do an email list. I was creating all this content. And now of course I'm able to say, okay, I'm creating this content for this purpose. This is who it's serving. This is where it's leading and really mapping out those funnels. And I just didn't do that in my early stages. So I can only imagine what it would have been like to repurpose content, to leverage existing content and to really create with intention. Um, Can you share with me like what, what yeah, can you give us an example of what that funnel looks like? Maybe you give a free recipe, what, so that the people listening can kind of understand what you mean by that. Yeah, absolutely. So for example, on my podcast, I offer a freebie with a lot of the episodes and someone is listening to the podcast. So they're already a fairly warm lead. They get the link either from the landing page or in the episode, they go, they opt in for the freebie. They are now on my list and then they're put into a funnel. And I've experimented with a couple different funnels, you know, even just a nurture sequence or pitching a limited time offer. But that's what I mean by creating that content with purpose. So if you're going to record a podcast, then having something not just for you to create a funnel, but something that serves that audience more. Um, But that can be the same even if I'm doing an Instagram post, if I'm I have a free snack ebook. So they go opt into my free snack ebook. And then what does that journey look like afterwards? Whereas before it's just like, Oh, this is so fun. Here's all my things. (laughs) That's what I would do differently. (laughs) I love it. What I'm going to kind of ask another question about this, but what was the turning point for you where you realized, Oh my gosh, I can really leverage all of this stuff. I, I would say when so when I first started my Instagram, which is really how my platform and my me really soared, I guess, um, it was a lot for myself, for my own motivation, because I loved the recipes and I had a passion for sharing them. But the turning point was when I saw how that impact can be spread. And it truly is. And I said, I need to not just do this because it's fun and I'm like kind of doing a business. I need to be very intentional about what I'm creating my content so it can reach more people. And that was my turning point. Once I, once I saw that these recipes were helping others, it's like, okay, how can I 
continue to help others and maximize that impact. And the only way to do that was by, again, being methodical, implementing processes and leveraging that content. Mm, That's so good. All right. Well, the next question is, what is your favorite app system or software that you'd recommend right now? Oh, I have a lot. I have a lot of favorites. Um, Kajabi is something I don't want to say I couldn't live without. That's kind of dramatic, but your membership site's on there, right? Yeah. My entire membership site's on Kajabi and then actually almost everything. I don't do my email through there, but, um, all of my landing pages, my entire checkout system, membership management is all on Kajabi. Um, I actually even love Canva and I love Canva because my team is in there. I don't open Photoshop anymore. (laughs) No. Yeah. Canva's great. Oh, here's my cat. Um, my team is in Canva and my VAs are in utilizing Canva to create the recipes. Um, yeah. Kajabi is my one stop go-to that I would completely be a different story about my business if I didn't have that. Um, so yeah, but I also like to use now it's monday.com, but it used to be to pulse. Um, I, we use a lot of tools. I love Slack, but yeah, I love Kajabi. <laughs> yes. Well, as long as you don't say Asana or Trello, because that seems to be everybody, <laughs> the fan favorite around that here when I ask that question. And usually no, Trello actually, wins, even though we're, we're Asana people here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I use monday.com. I, I don't use Asana, but I have heard amazing things about Asana. So yeah, Monday too. A lot of people say that too. So what is the best book you've read? And then what are you looking forward to reading soon? Oh, I actually have the best book I've read right next to me. (laughs) Um, The best book I've read, I would say two, actually. The other one is somewhere. Um, This is Dollars Flow to Me Easily. And that is the best book I've read in tandem with a book called Creating Money because my mindset never used to be in that place. Um, Mm. My mentor, James Wedmore, introduced me to those books. I think one of them is actually his. Um, But just learning the concept of abundance and manifesting completely transformed my life. And I mean, the titles are dollars sold to me easily in creating money, but it's it's not even about what that money is. It's just knowing that we have everything within us to achieve whatever we can envision. So those are two of my favorite books, but the book I'm looking forward to reading next is, I also had it here. Oh, The Nightingale, which I've heard is amazing. And Ooh, not a the reason book. is <laughs> exactly. And that's with purpose. Um, I actually set a goal to read a nonfiction book next because I mean a fiction book next because I used to read fiction books all the time every single day. And I realized I defaulted to only reading business books and I was missing kind of where the fiction book taps into a little bit different creativity. So my goal was to read a fiction book. I love Jodi Picoult books, but I've been reading that. I just started the Nightingale. Mm, I've heard great things about that one too. Yes. And I would say James, James Wedmore, like he's one of the podcasts I listen to where I always have some book or something to put on my brain dump. Right. So I've got that discipline. (laughs) So I've got, I can't even tell you how many books are in like, I end up putting them in a sauna after, you know, cause I can't read like 20 at one time. Um, (laughs) And it's like this title, that one, the dollars flow to me, James Wedmore recommended, you know, all of these different, he's got so many good ones. He does. I've been devouring. actually have this one was from his wife but the year of yes i didn't finish it but i loved it shonda rhimes um Mm. she's really great so yeah i love books i have a whole lot right here 
um, yeah, but the dollar store to me easily is one of my favorites. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, tell everybody who's listening where we can connect with you and kind of where you love to hang out and just, yeah, where we can get more Jasmine. Yeah. So Instagram is where I'm at every single day. I'm always posting free recipes. So my Instagram is jazzy things, J A Z Z Y T H I N G S. I do also have a podcast. It's called the dinner table talk podcast where I'm sharing tips for the kitchen tips on how to save money. And then even just jazzy things like travel tips and I do free dessert Friday. So every Friday I offer a free dessert recipe Mm. and the membership side I was discussing is yourdinneristplan.com, which I know this is a lot of different links. So if there's one thing you guys remember, head over to Instagram and that's where you can get all the good stuff, um, free tips, recipes, and, um, ask me any questions you'd like. I love it. Well, she's also got the kid approved cookbook that will link up for you guys for free in the show notes, but I will definitely be going to check that out. Cause like I said, we have a very, very picky five year old. (laughs) Yes. And you know, picky eaters, that's what I hear the most is my kids are so picky. So I did want to gift all of you listeners, the kid approved cookbook, which actually just to briefly explain that really quick, I reached out to even just my friends and family that have kiddos. And I said, what are your kids all time favorite foods? I took those and then I recreated them into jazzy versions, sent them back to the parents and then the actual kids and their parents made these recipes. So So it's legit kid approved. Literally kid approved. The, the the pictures in the cookbook are of the kids trying the recipes. So oh, yes, 100% kid approved. <laughs> this is so cool. All right, guys, we'll head on over to Instagram. Definitely screenshot today's episode. Um, tag Jazzy Things and then tag me as well, guys, because we love sharing you on our stories. We love hearing uh, how you're loving these episodes. And I know everybody listening probably loved these five tips for sure. Well, thank you, Jasmine, for joining us. It's been great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you absolutely love this, I would be honored if you would screenshot your show right now and post it on your Instagram stories. Help us get the word out and let other mamas know about the ambitious motherhood party happening here. So definitely tag me to let me know so I can re-feature you on my stories as well. I did want to tell you before we left that the 1K roadmap is now available. You can get this five-step roadmap that shows you exactly how to start your business around your expertise and make your first one online. So head on over to ambitiousmotherhood.com forward slash roadmap or check the show notes.